the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello, my friends. On the sad day after a shooting, mass shooting, killing, murder. This time, Boulder, Colorado. And the evil... If the word means anything, the man was evil. Ahmed Al Alwi Alisa. I have no idea what his motive was. I have no idea if it's connected to his probably being a Muslim. I don't know any non-Muslims who were named after Muhammad. Ahmed is a variation on the name Muhammad. There are three, two variations: Muhammad, Mahmud, and Ahmed. I assume that they will explore his background and his tweets, if he did made any, and Facebook messages, etc. There is a gulf between most human beings and the truly evil. Most human beings allow evil, I'm not talking about this type of evil, but are not evil. How, do, how does one do that is one of the great mysteries. Dostoevsky explored it in Crime and Punishment. It will forever be explored. People go shopping and never come back home. It's, I have said on a number of occasions that God or nature, or both, have given us the inability to fully empathize. If we could fully empathize, feel meaning feel the pain of the suffering of others, n- not know it and feel horrible about it, but feel it, we would, of course, go mad. How could it? How could we possibly feel the pain of all these people? Let alone the the millions of uh, the twentieth century, the hundred million. That's not available to the human. It's a built-in protective shield. But you can feel for them. And if I may say, we're allowed to feel anger. I'll go further. I hate this man. And I know that many of you feel that you hate the sin and love the sinner. And some of the finest people I know have that doctrine. I don't. Depends on the sin. I don't hate people who engage in sexual sin, for example. We would all much rather somebody visit a massage parlor than murder. Is that not fair to say? 
So not all sin is equivalent, as I have often said, and I have written, lectured, and studied theology all of my life. One hopes there's a hell that goes against the prevailing humanistic doctrine of we all have the same fate. Really? If we all have the same fate, there is no just God in the universe. So I'm emoting totally uh, appropriate to do so. I hate these people. Mental illness doesn't, I don't know if that suffices. How many mentally ill people don't murder? Probably the same percentage as non-mentally ill people. Not everybody engaged in murder is mentally ill. Well, we'll find out more. Right now we only know the name. The policeman who came in to defend the people. You want to give me his name because it is Officer Eric Talley. Thank you. To Officer Talley's family, you were given the blessing of a, of a brave and courageous and wonderful human being. As a father and husband, not everybody gets that to be taken away one day like that. Again, I can I can imagine, but I can't fully enter that space that you're in. What we know about Eric Talley, this is from where? Forbes. He was an 11-year veteran of the Boulder Police Department, the first officer on the scene responding to the mass shooting. Mm. Still want to defund the police, folks? So let me ask you a question. Who's the more typical police officer? Eric Talley? Or a police officer who has some racial animus and acts out on it unfairly and unjustly. By the way, that that they exist is undeniable. But I have to say that that virtually every situation I am aware of does not seem to vindicate the charge that we're talking about racist, trigger-happy want to see a black person die human being. Eric Talley is far more representative of the police in the USA than such a person who seems to be more of a caricature. Remember the case of Michael Brown? People are still saying at at rallies, hands up, don't shoot, hands up, don't shoot. I just saw it about a week or two ago. Like it was ever said. It was never said. The first thing I want to say is I want to say our hearts of this community go out to the victims of this horrific incident. The police chief in Boulder. We know of 
10 fatalities uh, at the scene, including one of our Boulder PD officers by the name of Eric Talley, who's been on the Boulder Police Department since 2010. He's served in numerous roles supporting the Boulder Police Department and the community of Boulder. And I have to tell you, the heroic action of this officer when he responded to this scene. At 14.30 hours, the Boulder Police Department began receiving phone calls of shots fired in the area and a phone call about a possible person with a patrol rifle. Officer Talley responded to the scene, was the first on the scene, and he was fatally shot. I also want to commend the heroic actions of the officers responding not only from Boulder PD, but from across the county and other parts of this region. You realize there's a person with a powerful semi-automatic murdering human beings. Everybody in that store, and my heart goes out to not only, obviously, the families and friends and the individuals murdered, but it goes out to anybody who witnessed it. That's, that is trauma. They, that, that's, that's one of the times where a survivor is appropriate. People use survivor for COVID. Did you know that? If you had COVID, you're a survivor. Amazing. My son, my stepson, they're survivors. I, I never thought of that. But if you went through this in Boulder, you are, uh, you are a survivor. That's trauma. And what happens? So he is murdering humans. Everybody is fleeing except the police who run in not out and there are people who put up graffiti F the police there are morons in Minnesota in in the city council of Minneapolis and elsewhere who want to defund them we'll be back 1-8 Prager 776 the Dennis Prager Show hi Dennis Prager here again with a message for anyone struggling with pain of course I want you to know about Relief Factor the 100% drug free supplement that tens of thousands are now taking every day I take it every day I like being out of pain but I know you may be skeptical I certainly was then I kept hearing about all the people including my wife who were no longer in pain so I decided to give it a try in fact listen to Janice's story I was skeptical at first but because of the pain that I was having when I would uh, substitute teach and have to climb stairs, so I have lower back, hip, and even knee pain. And after about three weeks, I found that I could climb stairs pain-free. But it wasn't only pain-free. I could do it step over step without holding on the railing. I'm really happy. It's, it makes me feel like I'm young again. That's relieffactor.com or call 800-500-8384. I'd like to remind you, there's so many issues that are raised by these events. It's two in one week. They, They seem to happen in spurts. I don't know if they're ever connected. And 
course, there'll be more calls for gun control, which only means, I mean, literally only means that innocent people will find it harder to obtain weapons and ammunition. Bad people find a way to to get them, right? So why don't we therefore teach people how to shoot back? Why would one not want that ability? Why would we want the state to enter, which we do, that's called police. Why would we want that to be the only possible response when that means that some innocent human beings, mothers, fathers, brothers, sisters, sons, daughters, friends, have already been murdered. I've always asked this question. It's on my list. God, I wish that thing went viral. 32 questions. I should just put it up, right? 32 questions people should ask to clarify how they think. One of my 32 questions is, do you think a shooter debating which school to murder children in which which school do you think he would be more likely to enter one that had a sign gun free zone or one that had a sign armed teachers and other personnel the question in my mind is rhetorical <laughs> The sign saying to these individuals that there are people with guns will have the person move on to the naive school. And you have to be spectacularly naive to believe that gun-free zone prevents bad people with guns from entering. The level of naivete is immeasurable. There are no perfect answers. I don't believe that teaching vast numbers of people how to deal with arms and allowing them to have them is the answer. I don't believe that confiscating as many guns as possible is the answer. Evil exists. There are 300... What are we up to? 330 million Americans? What are we up to right now? 330 million people. There are are probably, what, 100 million guns out there? There are more guns than than citizens? Hmm, Okay. Ironically, the number of mass shootings is, is... not gigantic in in relationship to those two numbers. How many does it take? How many mass shootings are there in the last 10 years, in any given year? What would you estimate? 10? Do we do, I don't even know if there's 10 a year. Do we really have one every month? So, what, six, five... 
That means five individuals out of 330 million. That's all it takes. Evil, I've always said this, it's always good to remember. It is infinitely easier for an individual to do mass evil than for an individual to do massive good. Good is generally done on a one-to-one basis. Evil can be done on a mass basis. I'd like to know in any event, Europe has 300 million people or so. Of course, they have much stricter gun laws. I'd like to know how, how often in the course, all of Europe, I, I don't think nearly as much, but we don't tend to report it. People are not interested if there's a, a mass shooting in Slovenia. And then there may not be. Certainly have terrible, terrible violence in Africa. Much of it is religious-induced among radical Muslims. They just kidnap young people, sometimes kill them, sometimes never return them, sometimes return them for ransom. The issue of evil is, is, is that a dividing line between the naive and the non-naive. My my Weltanschauung, my worldview is that I am moved and surprised more by great good than by great evil. How do you explain Officer Tally? Why is that explicable, right? The man runs in to a situation in which he may die. Could have, I guess, waited for other officers to be with him. Nobody would have known the difference. Goodness is as much a puzzle as evil. Courage is a puzzle. These are elementary things that are not discussed, let alone learned at your local school. They're teaching them about global warming. Ah, amazing how that helps, that little switch. Do you realize it's it's an eerie thing that sometimes overcomes me, or overwhelms me is better. When I speak and the switch is up, I'm talking to one person. When the switches move to 45 degrees, I'm speaking to millions of people. It's a very eerie thing to think about. Well, I have reflected on the murders now in Boulder and the policeman. One more word about this. The uh, the great, one of the few great thinkers of our time, George Gilder, said to me, or I read it, I don't remember if he said it to me, because we've talked on a number of occasions, or he wrote it. His father was killed flying over Germany 
in World War II. And he was a little boy, and he said, I really didn't grow up with a father, but I did grow up with a father. And that's correct. The memory of the father, the way in which he died, the honoring of him by the mother, he had a father in his psyche, in his soul, not in his life, but in those two things. And either he compared or I compared that to a father abandoning children. Both didn't have the father, right? But there's no comparison between a father killed even by an illness and a father abandoning one's children. The actual existential fact of a situation is not the only determinant. There are so many factors involved. To the children of Officer Talley, you were given a gift of this remarkable man. By the way, there may have been remarkable men and women among the murdered. I just don't know. I don't know them. But to the children of the officer, you were given a gift, but not long enough. The only way I think people could look at such things, the premature death of a loved one. You were given a gift, but not long enough. I I was given a gift of a friendship with a man named Frank Pastore. Frank Pastore is one of the most popular Christian broadcasters in the United States. He made two videos for PragerU. You can see his energy. He was a formal major league pitcher, pitched for the Cincinnati Reds. I think he's the only Major League Baseball player to become a Major League theologian. I think that's pretty right. Can't, uh, can't, no other name comes to mind. Look, he was that good that we had him do two preview videos on, on God's existence, which is my specialty, and I thought he was magnificent. I learned from it. I spoke at his memorial service, and I remember one of the things that I said, that he, people, every speaker prior to me, or most speakers, if not all, spoke about his being in a better place. These were committed Christians, and I completely understand that. So I said, you know, he may well be in a better place, but we're not. I remember looking at his family 
and there was a, I think, I wrote the foreword to his wife's book. And I think that hit a chord that needed to be said. Let there be no doubt, big tech and the far left have joined forces to purge America of conservative views. So why exactly are we choosing to give big tech companies all of our personal data? The battle lines have been drawn. Big tech has made it clear which side they're on. Now was the time to take a stance. Protect your personal data from big tech with the VPN I trust for my online protection express VPN. Every device, whether you're on your phone, laptop, or TV, has a unique string of numbers called an IP address. When you search for things, watch videos, or even click a link. Big tech companies can use that IP to track your activity and tie it back to you. So stop handing over your data to big tech companies whose aim is to censor you and spy on you. Defend your rights and protect your internet activity with the VPN I use. Visit expressvpn.com dash Prager, E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash Prager to get three extra months free, expressvpn.com slash Prager. Hello, my friend. Talking about good and evil, PragerU does a lot of good. Please help us uh, continue to do that. We have a country and a civilization to save. I do not over-dramatize ever, but it's true. This is fundraising month. PragerU.com, 833-PRAGERU. Have, uh, have you folks heard about this Michigan restaurant owner in prison? Keeping her restaurant open? What what happened? Yeah, no, I'm sorry, I'm oh, I thought you were shaking your head no. that it didn't happen. No, no. <laughs> I sent you the story. Yeah, no, no, I know. I thought you, maybe you learned maybe she wasn't. No, no, I'm just shaking my head. You're shaking your head out of, uh, out of despair. Yeah, despair. A Western Michigan restaurant owner was arrested before dawn Friday and hauled to jail. A dramatic turn in a months-long dispute over her persistent refusal to comply with orders and restrictions tied to the coronavirus. Marlena Pavlos Hackney, 55, will remain in jail until she pays $7,500, and authorities confirm that Marlena's bistro and pizzeria in Holland, Michigan is closed, the judge said. Are you ready? This is what the judge said. She has put the community at risk. She has put the community at risk. Okay, so judge, people like you have put millions of people's livelihoods at risk. Right? I'll have more about that in a moment. Each, uh, each day, not each hour, but each day in my fundraising month, I have a member of Prager Force, people in their late teens and 20s, members of PragerU's organization, 15,000 now all over the world, spoke to a, a young woman in Czech Republic just the other day, couldn't get over her. Carolyn Klein is in... Uh, I don't know where you are, actually. I just know you teach music. You're 26. And uh, where are you? I am uh, Gilbert, Arizona. I'm 25. You're 25. 
Yes. Oh, that's important. Twenty-five. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't want you. To, we don't want you to get older prematurely. <laughs> yeah. So you you're a classical uh, music uh, teacher as well. Is that is that what you do? So I actually I uh, used to be a music performance major, but I already started getting gigs before I even got my degree. So I currently teach private lessons for string bass. And I play in a group called Valley Youth Theater, and I play um, in the pit with the pit orchestra. And then, so I'm currently going to school as a history major to be a history teacher. Wow, you're you're a Renaissance woman. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. I love that you would say so. I, that's a great response. I love when I compliment mm-hmm. somebody because I never do it gratuitously, and they don't just say thank you; they say you're right. no i really do like that so you don't want a a career in music uh i currently have a career i perform like i said perform at value theater uh east valley millennial choirs and orchestras and i sometimes do some other gigs with uh some colleges like grand canyon university i've performed with i've done something with arizona state university which is where I currently go to school at. I, I just get some calls and people pay me to play for a night. One of my dear friends is a bass player with the San Francisco Symphony Orchestra. Oh, and really? I actually know one of the the principal for San Francisco Symphony. And that is? Uh, Scott Pingle. That's the man. You Oh, my gosh, you know who Scott Pingle was. That's so funny. I just oh, had, uh, I my wife and I just had uh, had had lunch with him a couple of weeks ago. That's so, I, I remember I went to this uh, program or this camp. It's called International Society of Bassists. And I saw him, and I chased after him up a three flights of stairs. And I asked him, like, can you give me a private lesson for the day? And he said, absolutely. I, I, I love that guy. He's amazing. That we would have this this man in common is really a beautiful thing and wholly unexpected. So, you know, when we had lunch together, he had just performed in San Diego. He lives, obviously, in San Francisco area. Yeah. And he had just performed uh, in San Diego at an outdoor concert. Uh-huh. A- and he made sure to take the bass, a very expensive bass. This is from, I think, 18th century. And so he, he he couldn't leave it in his car. So we had lunch with him and his base. Yep, that yep, that sounds accurate. <laughs> it, it's not many not many women play that instrument. It, it it's generally more men in that section. Yeah, I would say so. So why uh, why pick history? It's I think it's the most important subject. Why why did you pick it? So when I was younger, my parents really thought it would be important to bring us, me and my sisters. I have four sisters. I'm the middle child. You ha- wait, 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 wait. You have four sisters? There were five girls? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Are there any the boys? Any boys? No, no boys. No boys. <laughs> I would like to know how many families have had five girls or five boys. That is very rare. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's pretty rare. But anyways, so history, my parents thought it would be really important to 
bring us to museums. So we went to the Egyptian Museum. We used to live in uh, Northern California. Uh, they took us to that history museum up there, the Egyptian one. Uh, we've been to the Natural History Museum in New York, the Holocaust Memorial. I've even been to the Hiroshima Museum Memorial in Japan. So they thought that was very important at a young age to make sure that we go experience that. And out of all the sisters, I am the one that was just completely obsessed with reading, learning, like the books, Magic Treehouse books. I was obsessed with those. They had so much history. And so at, for a time, I... All right, hold on there, because uh, there's a lot to talk about, and I want to hear about your affiliation. Hi, everybody. Once a day, each day of March fundraising month for PragerU, I get to interview usually a PragerU member, Prager Force member. Carolyn Klein is in Arizona, and she's studying history at ASU. What prompted you to join Prager Force? Uh, so, I, so I was dating this guy, and he was fairly Republican. And I was Republican as well, but I was not super interested in politics, but he started spewing all the stuff. He was really into Turning Point USA, so I looked up Turning Point USA, and then there was these, I, you know, three hours later, I stumbled upon the five-minute videos for Prayer Youth. First video I ever watched, which is also my favorite one, is the videos about Electoral College, and I was just hooked right off of that. And eventually I found the link for Prayer Force, and I was like, oh, what's that? So I Ended up joining, and I just love it. I think it's amazing. Well, that's great. What a beautiful story. So <laughs> I always ask Prager Force members their favorite one, and I think I'm keeping up the record that no no one has mentioned one that somebody already mentioned, which I love. It means that that there are so many favorites out there. But it's I have yeah. to admit, uh, by the way, I think I'm interrupting my own self. I hate that, but... I want people to know that the most widely viewed PragerU video ever made is on the Electoral College. 50 million wow. views. <laughs> I, I would say it's very educational, so yep. helpful. Well, have you ever been to a Prager Force event? No, I wish. The only thing I've been to close enough was when Sabrina invited the Arizona Prager Force members to um, that dinner a couple months ago. Oh, uh, did you go and you went? Yeah, I did go. That's yeah. actually how she set me up with this interview. I was telling her how obsessed I was with you and then Michael Knowles and Candace Owens. I, she was like, oh, that's so interesting. I was so excited <laughs> when she said I could do this. Is there such a thing as an unhappy Prager Force member? I don't think so. <laughs> uh, you are so impressive. I, I would <laughs> I would love to hear you play the bass. Thank you so much, Carolyn Klein. That's uh, is that there isn't a hint, right, of the anger and the bitterness and the jadedness and the cynicism that pervades so many young people. We're doing good work. Please help us. PragerU.com. 833-PRAGER-U and I continue with the Dennis Prager Show. The Dennis Prager Show, live from the Relief Factor pain-free studio. 